Welcome to the Wage Indicator Podcast, a podcast where we highlight developments, best practices, events, research, and more on global issues on the gig economy. My name is Martijn Aretz, and I am your host today. Technology is increasingly influencing the world of work, and the gig economy is leading the way, especially when it comes to platforms for on-demand and online work. People not only find jobs through platforms, they are also managed, rewarded, monitored, and evaluated through this technology. Project Fairwork investigates and assesses working conditions for platform workers. That's not all. Via action research, the organization strives for real change and get it done. The project is now running in 38 countries across five continents, and these studies have already yielded considerable results. Since 2018, 40 platforms have made some 144 changes to benefit workers. In addition, with more than 650 media publications, Fairwork has had considerable influence on the global debate around platform work. For the Gig Work podcast from the Wage Indicator Foundation, I travel to Oxford to talk to Funda Ustek Spilda, postdoctoral researcher and project manager at Fairwork, about this special project. So Funda, thanks for having me here in, in Oxford at the Oxford Internet Institute. Uh, you are also working for the Fairwork project. Uh, can you maybe first introduce yourself? Sure, um, I'm Funda. I am one of the researchers at Fairwork based at the Oxford Internet Institute at the University of Oxford. I'm a sociologist by training and uh, I'm also a project manager at Fairwork. So uh, I um, work with our project teams across the world. And can you share more about the Fairwork projects and also where it comes from? So where did it start? Um, so Fairwork started from um, the director's previous research on emerging platforms and uh, seeing the working conditions on these platforms across the world and how poor these were. We started with two countries in um, India and South Africa. Um, but now uh, it's scaled up to 38 countries. And essentially, it's a research project that not only studies the working conditions in platform economy, but also aims to transform them. It's an, we call it an action research project because we work directly with the platforms, with the policymakers and with the workers uh, to shed light on the issues about working conditions across the world and um, look for ways to improve them. So in the end, what you do is you do research from different angles uh, on platform work in different countries. And then in the end, uh, you also linked it to a rating that shows how good or bad a platform is for the worker. Yeah, exactly. So Fairwork has uh, developed five principles, which are around fair pay, fair conditions, fair contracts, fair management and fair um, representation. And each of these five principles have two thresholds. So a platform can get a total score of 10 out of 10. And um, essentially, the system basically works in a way that we rate platforms on these principles. And these principles are updated regularly to capture the 
changing uh, conditions and changing circumstances in the platform economy. And based on our analysis, then we give a rating, fairback rating to all the platforms. And in terms of the scoring, um, it happens sort of on an annual basis in the countries where we operate. And there's a reason for that, uh, which is basically a platform doesn't get a score once and for all. Um, it just means that uh, we're aware that a platform platform economy changes quite rapidly and platforms change quite a bit too from year to year and we would like to capture that and with um, updating our principles um, and making sure that they are sort of you know capturing the reality on the ground we make sure that the platform scores are also up to date. Can you, can you give me some more insight about how such a rating works so, so let's say platform x in country x you're going to rate it so uh, what's a uh does it uh, contents? Fairwork currently operates in 38 countries across five continents. And in any of the countries where we operate, the cycle would start with having some desk research about the platform economy in that country as a whole. And um, then making a list of platforms that are operational and uh, sort of organizing them sectorally or um, based on the specific kind of services available on those platforms, their operational models how big they are and then based on that assessment we choose our list of firms to rate and then the research process starts which involves directly um, talking to the workers directly talking with the platforms and um, unions worker associations in their country and collecting any information we can find basically for us to be able to assess whether or not a platform meets a threshold and the important thing to consider is that fair work awards us score to platforms only if um, there is evidence that they meet the criteria and um, this is really crucial because um, a null score actually means two things it means either that we don't have enough evidence to show that whether or not the platform meets the criteria or the platform doesn't meet it by coming to the table and talking to us, actually platforms have an advantage um, in showing things or telling us about things that they might be already doing, which might not be in the public domain or which might not be uh, presented in the public domain in a way that would be immediately transferable to our analysis of the principles. Um and we consider our engagement with platforms as really important and transformative because then we can work with them directly as to how they can actually improve the working conditions or we can tell them about the um, sort of potential issues that we have found in our research and uh, we can work with them directly to respond to them and work with them to you know, f um, address these issues. And uh, at, at what way do you also organize it yourself? Because you already mentioned 38 countries. Uh, it, it's quite a deep research. So it's not, not a, a, a questionnaire, tick the boxes and you're ready, like, uh, like you also see a lot. So it's really deep academic research. That's quite an organization. It is. Um, it is definitely a very big organization um, and a big task to um to do the research and this is why we work with local teams so in the 38 countries where we work we have local teams that sort of work with us uh, 
in a in a really collaborative way um it is not that you know um fair work sort of outsources the research to a local company and then they collect the data and give us the data and then we do the analysis it's a really collaborative mutual research process where we work directly with the local teams and we become part of their research team and without doing this it is really difficult to um really capture the local reality and for us that is really important another thing that is unique about fair work is unlike many organizations that work in the the platform economy space uh we are a really sort of a um global south focused organization for us that is really important majority of our countries are located in the global south and it is really important that their voices are heard in the way we operationalize our principles to adapt to the local context or the way we carry out the research in those countries and that um um uh, that the research is truly collaborative in that regard Yeah, I think it's a good thing because in many discussions about a gig, uh, global is US and EU, and uh, there are more continents on this earth where uh, really important things are, are happening. So I really like this global approach. But still, then thirty-eight uh, uh, countries, uh, there are more countries in the world. So at, 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 at what way do you also decide wh- which country to to add? This is a multifaceted discussion basically which includes you know considerations of funding how the funding is available to what extent you know we can use it for different sort of you know uh, organizational needs of the project for us it's very important that the local team is a rigorous research team so our partners really become part of our network and that is why we really are very selective in our selection of partners and we work with them as i mentioned really directly uh the way it happens is that uh, one of us um either based at the the oxford internet institute or uh berlin social science center um so we have two teams at the sort of the the central level um of the of the network one of us become directly sort of involved with the country research and uh we do field work with the local team we do the analysis we do the writing um So for us that sort of you know f- um direct collaboration is really important and this is how f- you make it work and in terms of whether we will grow further that again hits the question of sort of um human capability and limits of course we would like to grow it further um but we would need to meet all these criteria in terms of funding in terms of uh human sort of power available in the team and a very sort of suitable local team being available Yeah and about funding uh, when you're funding for a country then you also do you always want to have funding for multiple years or is it okay if, when it's uh, for the first years and then the team will see what uh, what they can do The goal is of course for multiple years because that is that is where the impact comes from when you build local contact contacts and when you build local relationships and when you start really understanding what is happening in a local economy you don't just want to leave just after one year uh you want to continue to work you want to deepen the work and that is why multiple years um is of course always better but that this doesn't mean that um we don't do only single years as well it just depends on how the funding is structured whether the local team is available for one year or 
whether it is possible to extend. Um, you know, you start with one year, but you might be able to extend to a second year or third year. So you see the the, the ideal and, and the practical situations, and there the, yes. and there's the, the continued balance between those two. Yes, you have to adapt, and you have to consider different priorities and uh, different realities, basically. And looking about the, also the, the the evolution of the principles, what you already said, fair pay, fair conditions, contracts, management, and representation. Can you give you an example on how one of two of these principles evolved, let's say, from the first year to now? So what can change within the landscape that you say, okay, we need to adapt this to the current situation? So in terms of the, the main titles of the five, like, or the main five principles they haven't changed as um you know the the titles the pay the conditions and the contracts and representation and um management they haven't changed but the specific criteria and the specific organization of the principles have changed and this uh change doesn't happen sort of you know um bilaterally as the central team deciding it it is a really long process where uh, we discuss all the potential changes with all the teams in the network uh, to make sure that um, none of the changes proposed are being imposed on any of the partner countries. Um, so it's a really, really sort of long and rigorous process. But in terms of example, um, as to how things might have changed over years, one thing that comes to my mind is, for instance, our consideration of uh, risk and um, how platforms might be incentivizing risk taking by um, sort of especially in, um, in, in the platform operational models where um, the piece rate model really um, affects the way workers engage with a platform. So if there are certain targets to be met um, and by meeting certain targets, workers are encouraged to get certain incentive levels and they constantly need to meet an incentive level to be able to make ends meet, that creates a certain level of risk-taking among the workers. So in the last iteration of the principles, for instance, uh, we um, directly sort of added this to our threshold that the platform has some policy in consideration to make sure that, you know, workers are not taking uh, undue risk. So it's also against the, yeah, the, the game and, gambli and gamification of, uh, of labor with the algorithms of most of the time, the, the, on, the, the on-demand platforms. Yes, And so one example that I also saw in your website is that you now also have a on-site gig uh, score. Uh, so that is for the platforms where uh, demand and supply meet in real life. And but also the, the cloud work principles yes. uh, for the for the online work where demand and supply many times are in different countries or continents. Exactly. Can you, can, you, can, you me, can you give me some some more background in that? Sure. Um, so the way fair work principles work is that we have principles for um, geographically tethered work. Um, sometimes this is called location-based work, where the worker needs to be in the same place as uh, the service or or the client. And um, you know, f um, examples like food delivery, courier services, ride hailing are um, you know good examples for online work or as we call it cloud work platforms uh, to include both micro work and um, 
macro task um, or freelancing work um, platforms, this doesn't need to be the case. The client and the worker can be in completely different locations and they don't even need to meet in certain time zones. Um, sometimes the worker might not necessarily even know what the task that they are working on um, is going to contribute to as a final product. So we have slightly different principles for these two types of work simply because the organizational reality of carrying out the tasks is, is slightly different. Um, having said this though, they're both uh, organized around the pay conditions, contracts, management and representation. It's just the thresholds that are different to capture um, different specificities of these different arrangements of work. And uh, one of the principles is also pay. Um, and uh, for the cloud work pay, uh, it's also about one uh, point you can score when you have the the uh, the minimum wage. Uh, if the country, of course, has a minimum wage, because many countries don't have. The second one is okay if you pay above for the living wage. Um, how do you see also because most of the times many cloud work platforms they just have have one rate for everybody, so they don't look where people are located. Okay, sometimes it's so low that only people with low expenses uh, uh, can even work via the platform. Do you also see examples of platforms that are looking uh, uh, to the location where the the uh, the worker is situated? Um, increasingly, yes, and especially engaging with engaging with us, uh, we um, we specify that this is an important consideration to the platforms. Um, And yes, platforms can um, sometimes not be aware of uh, the minimum wage or living wage regulations in any particular country or where a worker is based. But this doesn't mean that they um, they shouldn't or they don't have a sort of a responsibility to do so. And for us, there is a responsibility to take this into consideration. Um, and this is why uh, for for those platforms that engage with us directly, this is one consideration that we always make. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, that's also really a, a one of the parts that's really hard also to do to, to research uh, on. Yes, absolutely. Um, because cloud work um, is very sort of um, a complicated operational model. Um, and uh, for many platforms, there are different sort of uh, revenue systems and different ways of um, sort of paying the workers as well. And for us, it is really important, for instance, um, that a worker is um at least able to uh, get paid in a local currency or any kind of recognized currency and not in a sort of a, a token system or um, or a voucher system. So you mentioned you're looking to uh, 38 countries, five continents. Um, do you also see differences between the different continents? Because uh, I think the reason why many discussions on global are on, U are, are on US and the EU because they got a kind of a similar institutional environment and the impact of platforms is in some cases uh, quite similar. But when you look at, uh, let's say, to South America, but also to Asia, it's completely different because they already interfere with a really high informal market, uh, lots of personal services. So what kind of difference do you also see between the different um, continents? Um, I think my answer to that would be a yes and no. Um, it would be a yes if... Um 
the same platform operates in many countries and the sort of the regulatory landscape of those countries are roughly the same. Perhaps on that specific sector and in relation to that specific platform, there might be similarities. But essentially, there are important um, specific details of how platforms operate in individual countries and how workers in those countries are affected. Um, because the national laws are different, uh, because the taxing system is different, because the, the sort of the representation of workers, worker union, unionization or collective action in general have a different kind of social, social history. Um, so yes, it's a yes and no for me. Yeah, interesting. I've, I think that also complies to some research uh, uh, on how many platforms they start with a one-size-fits-all strategy and by the years they, they change it for every country. Yes, it is increasingly difficult to work operate on a one-size-fits-all methodology because the local circumstances can be very different. And do you also look at, to the non-platform markets, let's say, because especially in the on-site gig economy, the work being executed already was there also before uh, platforms. Uh, so we had delivery people, but also domestic cleaners already for, for years. Do you also look to the, uh, to the benchmark to see, okay, what does a platform changes for this worker compared to the condition of non-platform matchmaking? Um, I think that is that relates to um, our bigger sort of understanding of the platform economy and the labor market in a local context in general. So sort of that's the the desk research, the background research. Um, but our work specifically and our ratings specifically focus on digital labor platforms. Check. <clears throat> And then talking about impact, because in the end, it's about research, but also about impacts for different stakeholders. Uh, for us, impact is really important. And this is part of the reason why we call our project an action research project, because we really care deeply about not only studying and describing the issues we identify in the platform economy, but taking an active stance to improve the conditions. So we currently have over 150 researchers in our network in the 38 countries that we operate in. And we have undertaken 164 platform ratings in 2022 alone, with uh, 353 ratings undertaken in 33 country reports that we published so far since the project was launched in 2018. In terms of the impact, um, Platforms have made six to seven changes to their policies and practices in response to their engagement with Fair Work in 2022. Since the start of the project in 2018, there have been 144 changes. And these changes range from committing to minimum wage, committing to living wage, um, introducing an anti-discrimination policy, um, introducing a contract. Sometimes it's as straightforward and sort of, you know, considered as obvious, but really crucial for the lives of workers as having a clear contract. Or sometimes it is translating to that contract in a language um, that is understandable to workers, sort of one of the many local languages available, especially if a platform is an international platform, um, they might not necessarily consider translating it into the local language. Whereas for us, it is really crucial that the workers have a contract and they are able to understand 
the terms and conditions they are signing up to. And these are the kind of the changes that we have seen from the platforms as a result of their engagement with us. And they're really, really important. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. It's also really nice that this kind of research also has this really, uh, yeah, uh, non-academic <laughs> impact. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really important. Uh, but also, also talking about action, uh, you also take action quite further. The, the, uh, there's here on the first floor of the building a kind of a merchandising uh, warehouse uh, of of, uh, of merchandising. Uh, I also saw some um, uh, social media posts uh, with stickers, but even uh, uh, commercials within some countries uh, to get attention for worker rights. So where where is the line between action and activists? And how do you also make sure that's the research that, that then also stays independent? Hmm. I don't quite know what is the difference between action and activism. Uh, I think that might be a personal difference. Um, but for us, we are actively trying to change the place and we are studying. But at, um, but at the same time, our focus is really to improve the working conditions. Uh, you might define that as activist or action research. Um, at the end of the day, I think it is. it might be a personal thing. For us, the important thing is really improving the working conditions. And in terms of the merch, um, we are not selling them. <laughs> This is just to gain further visibility to our research across the world and our studies and our findings in general. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, because I think it's 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 also important to to mention. Because in the end, now also Fairbrook is, is is also getting quite quite big. Uh, I think you are in in many many different projects. Uh, how do you also make sure that 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 also the landscape of this kind of research also uh, stays inclusive for other stakeholders uh, to be there uh, to operate in? Um, we try to listen as much as possible and involve as many stakeholders as possible in in our research so um, at any year at any sort of you know scoring cycle our research involves holding a meeting with the major stakeholders that we identify in that um, location or on that topic and uh, these stakeholders come from different backgrounds and different viewpoints. And the whole idea is to be able to capture and understand different viewpoints as much as possible as we are setting up this research. And in terms of keeping the focus of the project, um, yes, Fair Work is um, a really large project now, um, but for us, it is really about understanding how platform economy is evolving across the world. And that means different things. It means that we understand how um, the digital value chains are evolving. It means that have um, online platforms are perhaps sort of um, merging with offline sort of location-based platforms, different how different operation models are emerging. And these might sound like they're different projects, but essentially they're to understand and capture the different emerging ideas and um, things that we see in the field. The nice thing about such a project is it's now it's successful, uh, but it's ongoing, it's, it's it's developing. So so to what direction do you see the project developing? Because I saw also on the website, so there's also now things about AI. So maybe in the future, the platform components would be less important, but it's more about automation uh, of the 
of the workplace. There were also some sort of ratings about companies uh, called platform companies where you can have a really good discussion on are those platforms or not. Uh, like when they employ people for 40 hours a week, uh, but use platform principles, are they then a gig platform or not? And I also see also in the wording that first, I think also the whole academic community really started with, with gig and now it's more about platform work or platform economy. So that's also going, going broader. So to what direction do you see fair work going, let's say, the next, uh, you can say, five, uh, ten years? It's a long period, I know. Yeah, it, it's a long period. Um, I think we, we will have to just wait and see. Um, it is a really evolving project. And uh, just to give you sort of an indication, the AI project is slightly different than um, our work on platform economy. Um as in it really focuses on AI in the workplace and developing principles that can be rated and incorporated to understanding how AI is shaping um, workplaces across the world. Our focus is on the relationship between digital technologies and working conditions. How that evolves in the long run, whether the AI principles and the cloud work principles and the geographic good tether work principles merge or diverge, I think we will have to wait and see on that one because it really depends on how the platforms and how the companies evolve. If we see um, a lot of the sort of the, the differences that we can now identify between geographic tethered work and cloud work platforms, start disappearing, then we need to take that into consideration. And that also means that if platforms start relying a lot more on AI-based decision-making systems, perhaps we need to then bring in our AI principles to our um, sort of location-based uh, geographic edited work or cloud work principles. So this is why I think it is really important to see and be very reflexive and adaptive in terms of our methodologies to the conditions, to the uh, the different models that we see in the platform economy. And then for you personally, so what gives you the energy and the drive to, to work here uh, with the Fair Work Projects? All the country teams that I work with and all the interesting, amazing researchers that I work with, they definitely give me energy. And of course, the topics that we are studying are hugely contemporary. They they really um, are sort of the bread and butter of how we are shaping the future of work. And for me, that is the important bit. And if I can contribute personally for future of work to be better than what we have now, um, that's just amazing. Fair Work is a project I've been following with great pleasure and interest for many years. Although I have encountered members of the team in different places around the world and online, it was inspiring to talk with Funda calmly about the organization story in Oxford. I like how Fairbrook does in-depth research by working with local teams. This method is not flawless, but I think it's the only way to implement it on such a scale and really make an impact. The challenge is in finding the balance between scaling up by copying the concept on local level and at the same time developing the, it further. 
also interesting is the shift from the focus on platforms to the relationship between digital technology and working conditions. Such a broader view is inevitable, in my view, because eventually the differences between platforms and other employers and intermediaries will become irrelevant. Already, it's far from clear that an organization falls under the definition of platform economy. In addition, technology is having an increasing impact on the world of work. The platform economy is simply leading the way. So it makes sense to broaden, but it's also a challenge. The platform economy was a clearly framed phenomenon. This made it easier for researchers to focus on certain practices and parties. I think that's part also of the success of fair work. I'm curious how they will tackle this in the coming years. We will continue to follow it. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Also check our weekly newsletter and online webinars on the global gig economy. You will find the links in the show notes. See you next time.